For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 153 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're not alone this week. Well, first off, welcome back, Will. We missed you. It's good to be back. Thank you for having me. I will say I had a good damn-ass time with our buddy Chris last week. And uh, we figured keep the guest train going. We've got two guests for you this week from an excellent Star Wars podcast. First up, we've got from... The Canto Bite Dispatch, Brittany Brown. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you for coming on. And Thanks we've, for having me. We've got from, once again, Canto Bite Dispatch. He's dead, Jim. How's Annie? And the pod of future cast, Miss Emily Lind. Hello. Thanks for coming on, guys. Thanks so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I, I you hear that? I got the X Men podcast name right. I'm, I'm I'm very I'm very proud of you because I can barely manage it. I messed it up literally right before hitting record. I fucked it up again like four times since we've been on Skype. I've messed it up. So those those were the good times to mess them up. Right, got it out early. Actually looked at my notes for once. I was like, good, nailed it. Now I did. I, why did I bring it up? That doesn't help. Anyways. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash blueharvestpodcast. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at blueharvestpod. And we've got a tea Public store, tpublic.com slash user slash blueharvestpodcast. And we're part of the best damn-ass podcast network in the galaxy, the Making Star Wars Podcast Network along with such amazing Star Wars content creators as Now This Is Podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, uh, The Sith List, Podcast 2187, Cantina Cast, Idiots Array, Tarkin's Top Shelf, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. And I've got one last little bit of extra business to give you guys before we get into the discussion this week. Our good buddy Evan DeCellis... Uh, who will be joining us next week? Will uh, well, he came up with he's got a podcast. 
Ole Evan, artist extraordinaire, he of the amazing Blue Harvest artwork, has his own podcast with his buddy called Grayscale. So you should check that out. Uh, they put mm. out their first episode this week. Really fun. Really the nice. Game of Thrones podcast, I'm assuming? No. No. It's Grayscale. Like, Grayscale. I'm just going to say it a bunch again, bunch over and over again, because it's Keenan. His buddy's name is Keenan, because I was forgetting his buddy's name. Uh, very conversational, very cool. They cover a variety of topics. It's not like a specifically themed podcast. So this, this first episode, they covered E3. They talked about some sports stuff that was way over my head. But it was like a, such an enjoyable lesson that I didn't care. That's when I know these dudes are like a good fit and have good chemistry. Is like they're talking about sports, and I don't. And I'm not like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Talk a little Star Wars. So check him out. He's been good to us. So I'm gonna pimp his show for you guys quite a bit. So get ready for that. Um, well, anyways, how have you guys been this week? Pretty good. Fine. I've been working like two weeks straight, so I'm tired. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I'm working in that Canto Bite Casino. Yes, the top-notch Canto Bite Casino. <clears throat> what you been up to, Will? Oh, nothing. Same old, same old. Can't complain. How was I your... went to a, a meadery today. A meadery? Ooh. Yes. Tupelo has opened a meadery. A meadery? The different types of mead. Yes. Ooh. It's totally out of the pool. That's not something I expected in Mississippi, but was pleasantly surprised by what was in there and what I tasted while I was there. So is this like this is like actual mead? Like yes. Like old school, like really heavy. Is it good? It's not heavy actually. It's, oh, okay. It's, it's uh, everything is distilled with honey. Yeah. So like that's that's basically what makes mead. And there are four different kinds. There's one that's very dry. There's one that's uh, made with a combination of honey and Pinot Noir grapes. So it kind of comes out this rosé color. But it's very fresh. It's very bright. It's very good. And then the last two are very sweet. Almost too sweet for me, like dessert wine sweet, like a Riesling or something. But uh, um, the notes of honey are incredibly prominent uh, in the sweet ones. So they're really good, though. They're really good. So yeah, I think I've only ever had it at like a Renaissance fair, and it was right. some like like it was almost like thick feel to it, like it was so sweet. Ugh, no, there's um th like it, he was. I was talking to the guy about it. Being a chef, you get uh, I get way off in the deep parts of stuff that I shouldn't, and I'll you know I'll ask the questions that nobody except the nerd wants to answer. But there's it. it, it I always thought mead was cloudy, like kind of. I didn't realize it was because it's coming out looking like looking and tasting in between a white wine and an apple cider. Like it's got this sweet, crisp, fresh. It's got that yellow color. Uh, but he was like, yeah, if you don't strain it, if you don't, you know, we we strain it really finely. But and so I assume mead back in the day, was totally not strained. So it was probably cloudy and super sweet. You know, I that's what I, I thought. Well, I thought mead was frothy and. I assumed ale was beer. I mean, I mean, it is, but. So, when you first said that, I thought you said meat -ery. Me too! <laughs> and I was like, ooh. My fat ass was like, ooh, what the fuck's a meatery? Well, I went to the meatery. <laughs> Ribeyes and pork loins everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to meat you eat. 
And then I like then I like in my brain I was like he's just talking about a butcher shop. Why is he being all fancy and calling it a, a yeah, meadery right. and shit? <laughs> How was if, your? If um, I ever have a butcher shop, I'm gonna call it, you know, Will's Will's Gourmet Meadery. You can't beat our meat. Boom! Can't you can have that one for free, son. <laughs> Will's Gourmet Meadery. You can't beat our meat. Done. Got him. Pay me. <laughs> Your advertising is impeccable. I do what I can. Um, so, Will, uh, you couldn't make it last week. Right. And uh, okay. last week was an interesting one for Star Wars fandom. In gen- well, hey, it's, uh, it's not over yet by any means. Uh is it Ooh. not over yet? No, man. It's not. This that's not the kind of thing that pops up and just uh disappears overnight. It's not to stop. The the dickheadery. I mean, we're we're dancing around it, but we need well, to just go for ahead, anyone Will. that is not sure what in fact we are referencing. Uh I made it a I, I it was something that I wanted to talk about on this week's podcast and I I we just have to put it out there and as fans this is important for us to discuss. Mm-hmm. So, um the 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 concept of toxic fandom right it, we're in a in a moment right now in our lives where things that we love people can love them too passionately to the point where it makes them aggressive and defamatory with hurtful language against other people who are fans of the same thing uh and i'm assuming that's the problem is when people love something too much and then the internet provides a cloak of anonymity to where people don't have to own up to what they're saying. They're saying it to a faceless person, and that makes them feel braver to say more hurtful things. Uh, any fandom that would drive its own female leads to to quit social media is really unfortunate. We really have to have a conversation about what's going on here and what these people are doing and why You know, these are the people that we're relying to carry our banner that we're endorsing to tell good stories and if you turn on them you know why should they be there for us we have to support each other you know we have to support the good people that are carrying on star wars and what it's doing and so i would love to get y'all's opinions because i am at a loss for what to do about the toxic fandom issue so we didn't even really talk about it much last week chris and i and that was partially well, not partially. It was 100% my decision. And it becomes from... It, this stuff makes me very anxious. Like, mm-hmm. maybe it's a little silly, but social media in general lately has been giving me a lot of anxiety because of this stuff. So much so that, like, I've actually actively been trying not to use it as much. Obviously, I still do. I still, you know, tweet and stuff, and I get sucked in. But, like, it makes me anxious, and when I get anxious, I just sit there and, like, I'll spend way too much time just checking out what these dickheads are saying. And every time, each consecutive person, it just puts me in a fouler and fouler fucking mood. And, like, next thing I know, I've wasted, like, two hours just sitting on the couch stewing about how fucking dickheaded these people are. So... That's why we didn't really talk about it last night because it gives me anxiety. Um, but well, Will I'm is, not trying to give you anxiety. No, 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 no. I no. was just trying well, to address the issue in a way it, that we can all talk about it. It also happens adult. because, like, 
it's not you're not giving me anxiety about talking it. I'm fine with not fine with it, but I'm okay with it now. You know what I'm saying? It's it was also during like the heat of it, like towards the end of the last week was when it was at its peak and it's worse. And anybody that had an asshole to show was showing their asshole and like saying the most vile, disgusting shit to other people, like and like to people that I consider friends. Saying hurtful fucking stuff. Fucking Araj. Fucking A1 nice dude. Fucking, I don't know that I've met someone nicer than Araj. Was catching shit from some dickheads today. It was fucking gross, dude. Like, and I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, someone's fucking with a friend of mine. They can handle that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I... I grew up with friends that would take take up for me when someone fucked with me or tried to bully me. So and family too. Like you know my family will. They don't take that shit lying down. No. You don't fuck with the family. So but I also know like if I'm real mad and I'm on social media and I see someone like my first reaction is to jump in not cool headed curse them out like just fucking obliterate you know and that doesn't help that doesn't make not helping right so i'm trying to be better about not going with my first instinct which is as foul mouth like trying to match their horribleness but in the name of my friend not that i would never use like the horrible terms that these people use ever right it's not that it's just it's not helping the situation i'm not good at the comebacks like steel is steel is a fucking surgeon on Twitter with how he takes these dickheads down. You know, I'm, I'm not good like that. And it's something I I learned early on. I'll crack a joke at one of these dickheads expense, but does that help? I don't really know. So I've been trying to be better about how I approach it. And you see, like I can tell just talking about it, I'm getting anxious because I'm talking real fast. I'm, mm. You know, was that Ajita? Is that, is that <laughs> yeah, is that man. Word? Ooh, I need uh, to calm my Emily, ass down. Emily, what do you think? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sort of I'm sort of with Hawes that I do get this anxiety about it. The other problem is, I I'm not somebody who can just like go into it and then just let it go. Like I I will stew over it. Me too. Like even if it like why do I care what this random like dick rag on Twitter if he was posted all sorts of like vile hateful things like why do I possibly care right. what he has to say to me but no I I will fume it'll like that'll be my whole day it's just like just just working myself into a into this like lather over it but at the same time if I see somebody going after my friends it's really hard not to get involved. And like when they're just saying this like disgusting, like and or like slanderous or, or mostly just really stupid shit about people like Steele or Jason and these insane conspiracy theories. I, I don't know. It's hard to not just want to burn everything to the ground. Yeah. And the, the idea so the the conspiracy theory that's being floated now, which is really taken off with the batshit insane crowd. Okay, Will, I don't. You probably don't know this because Will. I prob- um, Will doesn't do the social media thing much. He's yeah. like, I got better things to do. I admire that. I admire yeah, I, that. 
I totally, and I'll tell you, I just from experience, um, you know, I totally ignore Facebook. Like I have one, and I have to, you know, I I accept the the maximum that it's something you have to do. Yes, it is. You have a career, you, you know, your family really wants you there to see what they're doing, how their lives are going, you know. But that's about it. The rest of it allows people that don't need to be in touch with you. In, to be in touch with you. You don't need to be that close to that many people. And that's a personal opinion. You know, it, some people may love to be that, you know, it's part of networking. And it is. It is an excellent networking tool. But I've had some awful girlfriends do some awful stuff and had some awful people get at me through Facebook and just thinking, how can you even come at me? Like, you don't, ha you don't, you can't even get at me physically. So you're trying to find ways to get at me through a digital medium. And it's just hurtful. And the social media is hurtful. It promotes this life that, not for everyone, obviously. Some people can use it responsibly, but the 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 keeping up with the Joneses philosophy, the one upness of the Instagram, and the you know, uh, let me show you how great my life is, and see if you can keep up. And then everybody's trying to keep up with, you know, the cutest pics at the fanciest bars with the fanciest cock, you know, like oh, or pics of celebrities. Like you can't keep up with that. Like you can't keep up with all that. You know, the, you're regular people. So and. But I, I guess I, I, we miss Brittany's opinion. Brittany, what, how do you feel about the whole toxic fan? Uh, it's it's hard for me to talk about. Like I feel like you guys do like the whole like anxiety thing, like talking about it or like getting into it. But like when people go like after our friends, like that's when I got mad. Like yeah. today with Raj, like I was mad. Like yeah. it, you know, because it's it's so easy for me to be like I should say this, but then it's like well. What, you know, it's, you know, I'm going through the, in my brain, like, what do I say? How do I say it? But, like, that's why, like, I'm not on social media much anymore. Like, because it just gives me anxiety, like, posting or, you know, like, I only post pictures of, like, my dog now, you know? Like, I, anything else, I, I can't do it because of just everything going on in fandom right now. Like, it's, and then seeing all, like, the rumors about our friends and everything, too. Like, I just, I can't believe these people. I just, it. I'm dumbfounded. Like, well, they're not even rumors. They're cons they're baseless conspiracy conspiracy theories. Yeah. Like, I I can't <laughs> believe that. Like, fandom is really disappointing me. But at the same time, like, I've made so many friends because of this like Star Wars fandom. So it's really it's a tough pill to swallow. And like, I'm so thankful for everyone that I've met in this community. But at the same time, the rest of the people in this community are like fucking insane. And I I will I will just say this as far of a historical perspective uh in the old days the people that had the power to speak to other people in large mass had a certain amount of not ethic but a, a morale you know there was an ethos to having the public's ear there was a certain way when you had a megaphone you had a the obligation to to carry or conduct yourself or say things in a certain way that was a responsible human being. And now with the internet and social media, everyone has a megaphone mm -hmm. and no one feels the responsibility. You have to, if you have a megaphone, you have to use it responsibly. You know, you can't yell fire in a crowded uh, theater. You can't tell everyone to go to hell. You can't, there's just, you know, you, you have to be responsible with your megaphone. And the fact that those of us that are providers of content and, you know, attempting to provide something to someone have a responsibility when you have that megaphone. And 
that's what's so infuriating is what I'm hearing from you is how to respond to these people and what to do. And it's because we have to be responsible with our megaphone that that even comes to your mind. I mean, that means you're a good person. You know, <laughs> these people that, that are firing off loose cannons and not watching their mouth and being disrespectful and saying hateful, heinous things like they're not being responsible with their megaphone. And, you know, they'll, they're like fires. They'll, you know, matches. They'll, they'll flame out and burn out quickly. They'll burn strong for a minute, but it'll die. I mean, I think the, the, the only thing we can do is slough it off, I think, and be good stewards of the fandom. Uh, you know, the whole higher ground thing. That's kind of my approach to most things. But it does, it's hard. It's hard standing up for something when it's crazy people being needlessly hurtful. There's no reason to be hurtful. We're all gathered here because of something we love. We're not here because we all hate Star Wars. We're here <laughs> because we all love Star Wars. We all think it's something great. And the fact that that brought us all together should be a positive enough thing that you don't tear each other apart over petty bullshits and opinions. Um, and I guess we just have to be responsible and be the better people and have the more shining example. But it's, it's a harder thing to do. To turn the other cheek and to be the bigger man, or, you know, the better person, it's the hardest thing to do. So, when, you know, what I was trying to get to you, or get the tell you about the whole conspiracy thing, because like I said, you're... Oh, yeah, I didn't mean to... Oh, no, it's fine. You Perfect. Whatever. Um. So, you know, okay, this all stems originally sort of and if i'm if i'm missing some steps on this emily or Brittany, please correct me okay oh yeah yeah of course it all starts like this current incident basically all starts with kelly marie tran deleting her instagram <clears throat> right and i will tell you from personal experience i've been following kelly marie tran on instagram since you know she probably created her instagram um and she got cast in The Last Jedi. And once The Last Jedi came out, like, you would see the most horrible shit in her comments. So, and it would spill out, like, <laughs> Instagram has this feature, right, where if someone you follow comments on someone else's photo and they've got like thousands of comments you'll see theirs first so for instance let's say kelly marie tran posts a picture i follow emily and emily writes hey really like rose or something it'll show up first right people i followed on instagram not people i know but like we like it would it was spreading out to weird like hot toys accounts were posting vile shit in her comments so I had to go unfollow these people. Like weird stores. There's this guy that sells toys on his Instagram that was posting horrible shit about her. Right? And it's, it's so. this was happening for months. So much so that I noticed. She deleted her Instagram. And then <clears throat> there was also an incident after that happened where Chuck Wendig posted. Chuck Wendig, for people that may not know, is the author who wrote the Aftermath trilogy for Star Wars. He wrote the adaption for The Last Jedi, if I'm not mistaken. Was it The Last Jedi or The Force Awakens that he wrote? I think the it was Force The Awakens. Force Awakens. Um, and he's also got a bunch of other books. He's not only a Star Wars author, 
wrote that he fell down a rabbit hole of shitty Star Wars fans, right? Now, that, he was, when he said that, he was saying he found these vile, shitty Star Wars fans, the people we've been talking about. They're saying evil shit to other people just because they think they're an SJW or a snowflake or whatever the fuck it is they think, right? <clears throat> See, I'm getting anxious. Um, and that, him saying he fell down, he wasn't talking, saying every Star Wars fan was shitty. He was saying there are shitty Star Wars fans out there. Guys, news alert, there's shitty fans of every property. Star Wars is a huge fucking fandom, so there's a larger amount of people that are going to be shitheads. You know what I'm yeah, saying? And, yeah, and he, like, that, <clears throat> it wasn't just, like, a tweet that he put out there. There was a whole thread explaining exactly what he meant. Right. Right. And then Rebel Force Radio gets all panties in a wad because they don't think he should be calling star wars fans shitty he doesn't they don't think and i'm paraphrasing a lot of this i don't want to spend three hours talking about it and just transcribing and talking about it would take that long but long story short you guys can go re listen to much better people talk about this than me <gasps> or just go read transcripts on twitter they get pissed they do an episode where they talk about how you know creators shouldn't lash out at their fans, blah, 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 you know. And, you know, from my point of view, I'm with the people that say they shouldn't lash out at normal fans, but they, should they be able to lash out at people that are being this vile to them? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the other side of that coin is that the fans shouldn't be lashing out at the creator. I mean, that's the balancing of the equation. If the creator shouldn't lash out at fans, nor should the fan lash out at the creator. Right. Right. For sure. Uh, and they also bring up, this is a long way to get to this conspiracy theory. They also say on their podcast, well, we don't know that that's why Kelly Marie Tran deleted her Instagram, guys, so calm down. <clears throat> well... Ryan Johnson then, through uh, sort of a tweet conversation with Jason, reveals he doesn't come out right. He doesn't say, yes, that is why. But what he does say is heavily hint that and say, I don't want to speak for her, but for anyone that says it didn't have anything to do with the hateful shit that was being tweeted, uh, posted on her Instagram, come on. So you see what I'm saying? He says it without putting words in her mouth and letting right. her address it when she's ready or if she even ever wants to. Right. <clears throat> so then the conspiracy theory starts. This is where it comes in. <laughs> this is where it gets fucking nutty. Oh my God. Is this not the end of it? No, no, it's just it's, the beginning. We're going into Infowars territory. Oh, yeah. This Jesus. is when the fucking star Wars, Alex Jones types come out. Then oh, there's a post. God. So, you know, we've talked about the people the bring back legends crowd, right? That yeah, are, the billboard crowd. Right. And look, I've always said, like, I wish there was a way for legends people to get the content we want and in the con or they want and the content that we want. Pretty sure that's what Disney is doing. They're well, you know what I'm saying? They don't feel like that. They don't feel like the the legends crowd I mean, does not feel like their niche need is being filled. Okay. And I'm not saying, I'm not lumping everybody in the Bring Back Legends crowd or people that love those books or wish there were more of those books. I'm not lumping them into the same crowd. 
but there is a section of them just like there is a section of the star wars as a whole star wars fandom as a whole that is batshit crazy okay and they have a site they have a facebook page or had where they would do things like a quote unquote spoiler jihad where they would go and post spoilers for star wars movies before they came out on regular Star Wars dis- discussions to ruin um, everybody's Star Wars experience. Everybody that was stoked about Episode Seven or whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> then they would do things like, this guy also takes credit for using bots to lower the Rotten Tomato score for The Last Jedi. And then he posted this week, like a quote-unquote meme of Rose from The Last Jedi... And it says, I successfully, shit, I should probably actually look this up so I don't paraphrase it. Does anybody have the, like, basic idea when I look, while I look it up? I mean, it was, it was basically taking credit for driving Kyle Marie Tran off of Instagram. I just found it right here. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, sure. Okay, so it says, I drove Kelly Marie Tran off social media. I loved every minute of it, along with many others in the Army. Hashtag no more forced diversity. Hashtag give us legends. Hashtag down with Disney. Okay, so they post that. And then... These are like Star Wars Nazis, bro. <laughs> right, it, like it's... That's no, what I'm saying. No it more is diversity. It is like so. I want my Star Wars old and pure and just white folks. <laughs> I can't even believe these are fans. Like I don't. I can't believe people like call themselves fans of Star Wars when they go posting this horse shit. Like this is it's ridiculous. Like I'm still so dumbfounded that there are people out there that are like this. Right. I mean, it's bullying. That's a bully. It is. Like it's. Ugh, it's scary. And then that's someone who's not happy with themselves and they're taking it out on someone else. Then it starts spreading like this. It gets posted in this and then it starts spreading. I originally saw it in the Alliance of Star Wars fanatics. Someone posted and was like, can you believe this shit? Report this Facebook page. Right. And then it gets spread and spread. And then this is where the the fucking nutbags step in (laughs) and they're like, I know what's going on. I'm going to make a YouTube video about it. They think, are you ready for this, Will? Oh, yeah, hit me. They think Jason, our buddy Jason Ward, created that Facebook account and the meme to make Star Wars fans look bad. They they think it's a false flag operation. Yes. Why Why is Jason, where did that come from? Because he wrote the article, he wrote an article on making right. Star Wars about um, this going on and what us as fans should do to not like, just kind of not deal with it, but just kind of you know express that we are against everything that that page says. Well, and and right. Jason had been pretty active on Twitter about this and about like the Rebel Force Radio stuff, so I think it was sort of it, he was going to be the obvious target. So, so Jason is, in Rebel Force Radio's eyes, Jason is the villain. Yes. Oh, of course. So and, regardless well, of what he ever did, he was going to be the well, villain. Well, and this is the They're thing. just trying to pin this on him. They always, you know, the, the 
the way I've been putting it to friends when I talk to them about is you would think fucking dad jeans Jimmy Mack was <laughs> Rio Durant the way he's been a- how many feet he's of his own feet he's been able to put in his mouth because this dude <laughs> like it's just like you know you fuck up once people are like hey you fucked up don't do that like try to be a decent human being you fucking chode like <laughs> learn your lesson you fuck up twice it's like what are you doing this is like the fourth or fifth time, right? This dude just keeps putting his fucking foot in his mouth. And their their crew, their their you know, their hardest core fans that like can't see that this dude is being an idiot about all this stuff is like, oh, it's competition. This is the only reason why they're saying what they're saying is it's a big competition. They're trying to take us down out of competition. When it's, it takes two seconds to listen and look at the kind of content that both create and realize it's completely different. You know what I'm saying? It's the difference between Coke and New Coke. It's the difference between fucking apples and oranges. The only fucking similarity they have is that they're both fruit. They're both Star Wars related. Like... So they when they were pushing that forever. Oh, they're just trying to take us down. They're jealous, blah, blah, blah. Now that the nutbags are coming out and being like, ooh, do-do-do-do. Fucking Jason made up this fake false flag, Star Wars toxic false flag. <coughs> and and they want to, that's now their, their go-to thing. Like they haven't come out and said it. You go look on fucking Rebel Force Radio's likes on Twitter. It's just nothing but dozens of likes of, oh, I bet you Jason made up that. Jason is this. Jason. They're fucking obsessed, dude. Obsessed. You know, and it's just so, what always baffles me about this, and I guess it's because they, they really, they want to be doing like morning zoo radio, but I I have never heard anyone else who thinks that podcasts are a competition. Because I don't know anybody who only listens to one podcast. I don't even think I know anybody who only listens to one Star Wars podcast. Because every other podcast supports other podcasts. It's, you know, it's stuff like we're doing right now is you find podcasts because, oh, somebody's a guest star on a podcast and they have a podcast and you like them and you check it out or you listen to a podcast and that person is a guest. So you go to the next podcast that's how it works. Nobody else sees it as a competition because it's not like you're on at the same time. You're not st- like you're not competing like, for time for slots. Ratings. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's obviously not a competition. But so the fuck, what if it was? May the best man win. Why? What's the what's the petty bullshit about? Like, even if you view it as a competition, you can still be gentle. You can still have a conscience about how you do stuff. Yeah, like that's the thing with the whole competition thing is like what what does Dad Jeans think he's gonna win? Yeah. By what you, <laughs> like uh, what's the prize? Like I You feel good at night because you shit talk somebody? Does that well, feel good? Well they just for lost you? one of their sponsors, so Oh shit, really? I mean mm-hmm. I, there's I mean, I'm not gonna act like for the bigger shows. There is obviously, you know, if you have sponsorships and things like that, there is, in fact, something you could lose, you know? But at the end of the day, I still don't think podcasting in general 
I've never viewed it as a competition. If I did, like, dude, I would be depressed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, dude, I'd be like, I, every week I'm like, oh man, I'm losing. Right, 90, right. Nine out of hundred. It's like being a Mississippi State fan. Like <laughs> that, it killed my love for college football. I was like, shit, we just lose. That's, that's what we Every do. Every week after the podcast, me and Halls look at each other. Like, hey, we showed up. Yeah, we, we showed up. Game. Good game. Field goal, buddy. Field goal. Yep. Yeah, it's like Rusty every week, or my brother, he like checks his stocks, and he's like, I'm up today, or I'm down today, like, that's probably what they do, is that they're Rusty. like, oh, our numbers uh, are up today. Okay. <laughs> See, you you mentioned Rusty, and literally, it was like a weight lifted off my chest. Rusty is a goddamn beam of sunshine, let me tell you. <laughs> I'll tell right. you this from personal experience. Rusty's a good fucking dude. Dude. He's a good guy. So he will restore your faith in humanity when me, it is lost. Let me Yeah, I know, dude. And that's that is what I'll leave we'll leave it on this. I feel like we've covered things. If anybody has anything they'd like to add, obviously. But I'll tell you what how I've been approaching it. How I've been approaching it, and this is just me. Everything obviously, everybody's different. But I've been trying to reach out to my friends if they catch shit on a personal level and just be like, Hey dude. Hey, so-and-so. Hey buddy. Like I see you catching shit. Just know that like I got your back. If you need me for anything, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Cause I think that's a little more impactful for me personally than going on there and be like, no, fuck you. You fucking fuck. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and secondly, like I've been trying to focus on the more positive things. Like last week when Will said he couldn't be on, I was like, I need to get a guest. Who haven't I talked to in a while that I would really like to talk to about something that's not all Star Wars? My buddy Chris. I haven't talked to him in a while. He's not like someone that we talk all the time on Twitter or anything. I'm going to get Chris Fresh to join me. We're just going to talk about some off-the-wall shit, right? And so I've been focusing on the positive. This week I was like, you know who'd be rad to talk with? Emily and Brittany. And just try to focus on the good parts of social media. You're still going to see the bad. You're still going to get involved in the bad. But for me it's been helping to focus on like the friends and the people I've met through the podcast and social media that make it all fucking worthwhile. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to tell you a story. <clears throat> Brittany and Will were here to hear see this story, but it's one that has stuck with me since California. <laughs> and it's about my boy Rusty. Oh. So we got to the restaurant. We all went to Chili's. Like there was this oh, whole no, fucking. I know where this is going. <laughs> this oh, is the saddest story. So, and R Rusty, like, Rusty. This makes me sad every single time. But uh, hold on. Let me spin it for you. Like, there's a happy ending. Don't there, is, there is a happy ending. That's true. Rusty was so excited to go to Chili's. Like he was pumped <laughs> in the like group thing for everybody that was going to the movie and dinner before. He's like, I can't wait to go to Chili's. So excited. We get the, and we in his defense. There are some tasty items on their menu. Yeah, there is. So we get to the Chili's. Uh, Will, Jesse, Aaron Boyd, and I get there pretty much before anybody else has gotten there. We're hanging out. We're just hanging out front. <laughs> We're only a few minutes early. Well, who walks up first? My buddy Rusty. And he is smiling. He's got, 
ear to ear smiling. He's got his glasses on. He's got his denim jacket on. He's look styling and profiling, just looking like big old happy guy. And dude, I was like, this is Rusty. I've finally got to meet Rusty. We go in, we all get seated, and Rusty is sitting basically in the middle of the table like the godfather Giant of chillings. Yep, yep. And dude, he has got the most adorable perma grin smile plaster. He's having a good old time. He's in his element. Like Star Wars buddies. Yeah, in man. Chili. Everybody's chatting, chips and salsa are going around. And uh, somebody, I think Jesse's like, Rusty, what do you normally get? Boom. He's, he, te- he knows right away. Rusty's ready to order. He's ready to have his delicious chilies and go see a new Star War. You know what I'm saying? The food starts coming out. And we're all getting a little nervous because we're cutting it close. You know what I'm saying? Food starts coming out. People start getting their food. Rusty, no food. More food comes out. No food for Rusty. The end of the table comes out. Still no food for Rusty. Rusty's beaming smile starts to just like that. Just a little. Just goes down just a tiny bit. And like I'm like, oh, man. Rusty. I think this might be Rusty's first Chili's disappointment. And I've been there. I I know that restaurant I like to go to that, that fails you one time. There used to be this Wings place that Will and I used to go to. And we're like, this is the best restaurant ever. Got bad food from there once. Haven't been back since. They broke my heart. <clears throat> but poor Rusty, man. I was like, oh, I could see the disappointment in his face. They did get his food out to him eventually, though. Eventually, his food did come out. And then in, in time for us, in, you know, right back to happy Rusty. Up, As soon as that plate happy. touched the table, boom, happy Rusty was back. Happy Rusty. He was. He was back. <laughs> I like that dude quite a bit. I felt so bad though because I was like, you know, someone near him had already flagged down the waitress, but I was like, I'm about to flag this waitress down. Like this man, this man is here for you, for you. He's here for Chili's. He's here to support you. You need to be there for him. Take care <laughs> yeah. of him. Rusty took this day so serious. Like I remember at like eleven o'clock, he calls me and he's like, "Hey, Brittany, I'm at school right now. Can you call Chili's?" and tell them about our reservation. And I'm like, sweetie, I don't think Chili's does reservations, but a they good, sure did. good sister, I called, and they were, like, do- like, they were almost dumbfounded. And I'm like, yeah, like there's like 25, 26 of us. They're like, all right, just call us when you're almost there. He showed up like near the Chili's like two hours early. Like He was just like hanging out in the Starbucks. So then he he was texting me he's like all right i'm at chili's now or i'm on my way to chili's but the funniest part of this whole thing was that my boyfriend carlos like a couple days later he's like so rusty like was it worth the wait and rusty's like of course it See, was worth course. the I'm wait i'm glad <laughs> i'm so glad that that's how he felt he was like hey, yeah me yeah, too he's an impatient little boy too like we go to disneyland a lot and he cannot wait in a line for more than 25 minutes like oh, that wow. little boy Man, yeah. he could have a rough time at Celebration. He tried so hard to get that VIP pass. Like, he did it behind my back. Like, he was like, okay, because for, like, six months straight, he's like, I'm going to get the VIP pass. I'm going to get the VIP pass. And I'm like, Rusty, guess what? None of our friends are getting the VIP pass. And he's like, okay. And literally, like, as tickets went on sale, he came in my room after about my tickets. He's like, Brittany, Corey and I, we were going to do it. We were going to get that VIP pass, but bunch of bots came in and took them right out of our hands he was so mad and he's 
we were driving somewhere and he's like, Brittany, I'm still really butthurt about those tickets. Oh. I'm like, well, Poor you'll buddy. have lots of, yeah, I'm like, you'll have lots of quality time with all of us. And he's yeah, like, I mean. Yeah, there it, it's a little different, like waiting in line at Disney Disneyland versus waiting in line at Celebration. Like you're just kind of waiting in line, chilling, talking. You know what I'm saying? There's dudes having lightsaber kumite at three in the morning. <laughs> like there's Johnny Grasso yelling things out that people get really annoyed at. Oh, oh, I'm. We have to repeat. That has to be a celebration tradition. <laughs> three a.m. Johnny Grasso yo's. Um, yes. Yo, <laughs> what he was doing this Man, good old oh Rusty. God. Man, I wish celebration was next week. Jeez. Um, so you guys want to talk about some stuff that isn't people being deckheads online? That sounds oh, yeah. nice. Sounds excellent. So, <clears throat> first up, we have an official announcement for the next EA published Star Wars video game. E3 has been going on this past week, and EA had their conference on Saturday. And they showed no, no footage, no screenshots, not even a title treatment. All they did, it was, in, it was revealed in the weirdest way possible, like in between game presentations. They were in the crowd, and a guy by the name of Vince Zampanella who is the head of a studio called Respawn, was in the crowd, and one of the hosts was interviewing him, and she was like, "Uh, so what are you working on? And he basically dropped the news that they have a Star Wars game coming out next year, uh, late 2019, called Jedi Fallen Order, and it is set in between Episode 3 and 4, and you play a Jedi who survived Order 66 and is on on the run from the Empire. Now, is this for sure single player? So, from what I was... They gave so little information, right? But this... So, the one thing we know for sure is this is not the open world game that was canceled and is being retooled. The one that Amy Henning was working on with Visceral Studios. Okay. That one's still a little further out. It's probably... If they stay on the schedule, the earliest we could see it would be 2020 if they just happen to do, you know, a game every year. Probably 2021 if they stay on the every two years. But um, the way they talked about the story and stuff made it seem like the little bit of information we got is that it's going to be a single player focused experience, experience. But I almost guarantee with respawn being behind the development there the two games they've put out so far were titanfall one and two titanfall the original one was online only there was no campaign or single player part to it part two had a campaign and an online mode much like how battlefront was this time around Mm -hmm. so it seems like it's mostly going to be focused single player but if i had to guess there will be some sort of multiplayer death matches or like some sort of online component like that sweet all righty um but yeah i mean it's, it's exciting to hear you know it's it's hard not to be a little skeptical just because 
Star Wars video game development has almost been more uh, turbulent than the movie's development so far. Um, but if all goes according to plan, it looks like in about a year and a half we'll have the next one. And it looks like uh, I'm a fan of the studio. I liked both Titanfall games, so I'm interested to see um, what they do with Star Wars. Yeah, and definitely. Actually, they showed... I forgot about this. I, I, I keep forgetting to look it up, but it was either in Celebration 2016, the one that was in Europe, or um, E3 2016. EA did an update on Star Wars games in development, and that was the only time we got the briefest little glimpse at that Amy Henning game that got canceled and that they're redoing. And they also showed Respawn working on motion capture for their game, and it was lightsaber oh. combat. Mm. So, I mean, it sounds like it'll be fun, you know. Um, I need to see more to get more excited, personally. Well, yeah, because all we know right now is there's a Star Wars video game, basically. Yeah, like we got such limited information. It's like, how do we process it? But, I mean, cool. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like it's weird to me because after the sort of hubbub over Battlefront 2, I kind of feel like it might have been in EA's best interest if they've got this really cool game where you're playing as a Jedi and getting in lightsaber combat. Like, why not get us hyped a year and a half out and show, like, a teaser trailer or something? Like, they showed... When was the Final Fantasy remake trailer shown? In, like, 2013? That game's still not out. This is their original problem. They're not done milking Battlefront. Yeah, I, I understand that, but I think Battle like, I think it would have been better if they had a really cool trailer for this game, maybe even some short gameplay. I don't know. You know, a year and a I know a lot on a game can change a year and a half out, but I would still think that it would be in a state where they could show us something and be like, look, I know people got bummed about Battlefront 2, but look what we have coming on the horizon. Doesn't this look neat? I don't know. Maybe they didn't want the the stink of Battlefront 2 to taint this game, and they're hoping that by waiting a little bit, people will forget about Battlefront 2. I don't know. <clears throat> what else did we have in the new... Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I know what we're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, this one. This one is is pretty silly, and this is... My favorite, personal favorite Star Wars news bit of the the week because it's from our old buddy Uncle George, and I love when old Uncle George gets silly, and boy did he get silly this time. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, apparently there's a show on AMC. Are, Are you, either of you guys familiar with this show about science fiction on AMC? No, no, because I don't have I don't have cable. Okay, so apparently there's a show produced by James Cameron that's going through like the history of science fiction or something. And uh, there was an episode with George Lucas, and or maybe not an episode. Maybe I don't know. I should have done some research on what this show is about. Either way, there's a companion book to this show, right? And in it, there is an interview with George Lucas. And he drops a little bomb in this about his plans for the sequel trilogy had he 
gone forward with his ideas, right? And this is what it is. The next three Star Wars film, we're going to get into the microbiotic world. But there's this world of creatures that op operate differently than we do. I call them the wills. And the wills are the ones that actually control the universe. They feed off the force. If I'd held on to the company, I could have done it, and it would have been done. Of course, a lot of fans would have hated it, just like they did the Phantom Menace and everything. <laughs> oh, poor George. And, well, poor not guy. just not the Phantom Menace, everything. <laughs> but at least the whole story would have been told, or the whole story from beginning to end would be told. So, whoa. Uh, uh, the, the idea that he sees that as like the the natural end to the story he was telling is is interesting i'll use the word interesting disturbing is what i were going <laughs> it's disturbing I, so the thing about george is sometimes i'm convinced that sometimes george lucas fucks with people oh yeah there's yeah. this story that seth rogan tells about being in a meeting with George Lucas in like 2010, 2011. And George Lucas starts going off about how basically there's going to be an end of the world alien evasion on December 21st, 2012. And he's got a bunker and everything ready. And in, when, when Seth Rogen's talking about this in the interview, he took it seriously. He was like, I think George Lucas really believes that. I kind of feel like that might have been George Lucas fucking with, with somebody. I can't say for sure. Maybe Joe Rogan. He was fucking with Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. The other thing is, is George has such a like dry delivery to every single thing he says. Right. That I, I do think it'd be really hard to know when he was just amusing himself. Yeah. Uh, I kill me. Uh. <laughs> like, I just see him getting, like, the copy of this magazine and being like, fuck yeah, they printed that. Oh, yeah. Uh, totally got him. And I've also seen people say, you know, that doesn't necessarily, like, when I read that, what is that old movie? I think it was also a science fiction story where people shrink themselves down. Inner space. Inner space. Like that's what I start thinking about. Like I'm I like, start thinking that Rick and Morty episode where they right. Anatomy Park. Anatomy that's Park. <laughs> so, I, like that's where my mind goes. Like, oh, he's gonna like shrink down to the microbiotic level and show us, like, what universes that are going on living inside. People. Yeah, like, what is that as a movie? Right. It. It like. It's such a Avatar. far out. <laughs> oh, it's such a far out there concept like that you know I've seen people say well what he means is <clears throat> he probably would have gotten deeper into the lore of the force and since midichlorians are a um, you know an aspect of the force that he put in there he was probably just going to expound on that more and it wouldn't necessarily it be was this. an aspect that he brought up that nobody liked. So he was like, Oh, guess what? I'm going to drive this point home. Well, well, None of y'all like midichlorians. Guess what? Well, the weird thing about that is you're right. People did fight back about that for sure. I'm not taking that away, but in response to that, look how much midichlorian talk there is after the Phantom Menace. It sure. got jar jarred. 
You know how there's barely any Jar Jar after the Phantom Menace? Not much yeah. midichlorians going on after Phantom Menace. So, like... It took away the mystical element of it and made it biological. The thing is... is which like, is what we're having to fight now, is that it doesn't matter. Your lineage doesn't matter. You're The Force is strong with you if you're anybody. It can be. Right, which to me opens up the universe more than just like a narrow, only this special bloodline. You know what I'm saying? Or only if you have a certain count of midichlorians. Right. But Yeah, I don't want it to be a thing where you can like do a blood test. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It takes away the mystical aspect of it. It makes it biological. The power of the force is in a blood test. Right, right. And I've I see where people are coming with that. Midichlorians are one of those things that personally I'm not even a huge fan of. And it takes you know, in, for me in it my takes head and I pretend like they don't exist. It's not I'm that I don't like, pretend oh, Wow, midichlorians. You know what I do with midichlorians? I, this is how in my head canon I've explained it. I've explained it that within practitioners of the Force, you've got the John Locke types and the Jack Shepard types. The John Locke, type, John Locke types are the, the men of faith who think, who believe it's a mystical energy, blah, blah, blah. You've got the Jack Shepard types that are a men, man of science that are like, oh no, there's some scientific explanation behind this whole force thing and you know that's how i've explained it to myself and that's how i deal personally with midichlorians which are Probably not my favorite thing. far more poetic eh. i don't know if it's poetic if i'm using a lost analogy you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> but i well, appreciate you it you said john Locke. i thought you meant like the philosopher and yeah I was, me too i remember who i was, I was like, talking oh. to but <laughs> Yeah, no, no. I'll just tell you right now, any of those philosopher names or terminology that people got introduced to because of Lost, if you hear me reference that, it's not because I was excellent at, you know, intro to philosophy in college. No, it's because of Lost, 100%. I'm not even well, trying I was to play. A, yeah, I was a political science major, so I read lots and lots of Locke and wow. Rousseau and all, and Hume and all of them. Oh, man. See, that... Back when Lost was at its peak, I tried to do the Lost Book Club thing that people would do online. They were, they'd be like, oh, this book was in, you know, on the shelf in this scene. We should read that or read this stuff from John Locke. And guys, I'm not too proud to admit that shit was over my head. So I was like, I'm going to watch the show about the polar bears and shit. Huh. <coughs> Old timey speak takes a while to get through. Um, like the 18th century stuff. And <coughs> what's weird... An added layer of weirdness to this. Um, do any of you guys have the Art of the Last Jedi book? I do not. Um, I've read it, but I don't have it. There's an interesting passage in there that actually talks about George Lucas's sort of ideas for the sequel trilogy. And it was basically, in some ways, very close to Luke's story in The Last Jedi. He wanted there to be a female Jedi that was seeking out Luke Skywalker who had gone into exile for training. You know, it was not, you know, as detailed, obviously, as The Last Jedi because it was early ideas, right? But that was the basis, and he wanted that in Episode 7. So when you hear that, and then you hear this weird world of microbiotic... <laughs> Biotic shit. Right, it's hard to... So I... It's either he was kind of fucking with them or he was fucking with them as a way to say, I was going to examine that side of the force 
a little more in-depthly, which I don't know, man. Well, the other thing... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. Um, Yeah, I don't know, because it's like he only mentioned the whole midichlorians thing and, like, the Phantom Menace, and then it was dropped. And then, of course, he mentions this in this, like, interview thing, and then he's like, nah, the fans would have hated it. Like, they hated the Phantom Menace. And it's like... I honestly think that's just him fucking with us because why else would he reintroduce something that fans would like? Like, I know he did. He did the whole oh, it'll connect all the movies together. But like, I don't know. Like, I think that's more of George, like wanting like a story like The Last Jedi, like, you know, a female Jedi and, you know, Luke Skywalker kind of going against like everything that everyone thinks that he's so for. But I don't know. Uncle George, that's something that I can't read well but we're gonna say emily well the other thing to keep in mind with george is what he says was his plan all along changes a lot right for all we know this is something he's been sitting around thinking about since the he sold to disney and he's changed his idea since then no i would have gone even crazier y'all We'd have gone inside Luke Skywalker's body. And you know what lives in <laughs> Luke Skywalker's body? Microbiotic Jedi and Sith. And yo, they are fucking fighting it out. Guess what lives <laughs> inside them? Micro, microbiotic Jedi and <laughs> no. Sith. And oh, micro, God. microbiotic spaceships, son. Sith blood cell versus Jedi blood cell. It all Clock just white. would have been colors. Just swirls of colors fighting <laughs> each other. Cut to THX 1138. Oh, man. Um, this is where we really need that J.W. Winsler book. Because if there was someone that could have straightened this all out for us, he would have given the scoop on that. <coughs> he definitely would have. Um, oh, yeah. So, our buddies here at the Canto Bite Dispatch have a very special um, segment on their show, celebrating the one and only Mendo Ben Mendelsohn, right? They're big fans, rightfully so. Of course. Now, Will, have you ever seen Ben Mendelsohn in anything besides Rogue One? I feel like I have, but I can't tell you. I, I know he's was. in one of the Batman movies, only because... Yeah, the pe- third one. Oh, he's, oh, that's why I can't remember which one he's in. He's in the bad one. Yeah, right. <laughs> um... They have a segment called Monthly Mendo Movies, right? So what I want these ladies to do for us is pitch us a Mendo movie. Because obviously, you could pick any of them. I probably haven't seen it. I think I've seen one where he was like a dirty druggie. But I can't um, tell you what movie. That's that a lot of movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that could have... The, the two that immediately... I mean, first of all, it's most of his movies. But it's probably either place beyond the pines or killing them softly well there you go might have been killing them softly killing them softly is the one with brad pitt yeah yeah um okay sweet see i'm see i have not seen either of those so what should we watch you you let me know what mendo movie i need to watch I'll uh, I'll make it happen, and if Will has a chance to watch it as well, and we'll report back next week on our thoughts on it. We'll give you guys okay. a little... This is what you guys can look forward to. Not just this. They got all kinds of stuff. Sometimes they got dirty stuff going down on Cantor. <laughs> I'd be blushing at the courthouse and stuff. People would be like, 
I think he's listening to Erotica on Audible. <laughs> yeah, we get a little. I mean, we do. We do sometimes do a fuck Mary kill segment. So, ooh, let's do that. <laughs> yes, I'm down. We'll do both okay. of them. Fuck it. All right, but in the meantime, I would say. I think the sort of the quintessential Ben Mendelsohn movie, uh, it's it's the first one that we did for these seventh because really like we just pick a Mando movie every month and we talk about it. Um, the first one we did was uh, Animal Kingdom, which is this 2010 Australian crime drama, uh, like sort of. I mean, sort of organized crime, but not like Godfather sort of elegant organized crime. Okay. It's not It's not the sort of fun Goodfellas stuff. It's, it's super gritty, um, just ridiculously violent. Uh, it's, got, it's got Ben Mendelsohn. It has uh, Joel Edgerton, who, you know, plays uh, the young Uncle Owen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Guy Pierce is in it as was one of the cops who's investigating uh, this family because it's about this this he, I guess he's maybe like sixteen or seventeen this this the son of this family and all his you know all his uncles and everything are all involved in you know weapons and drugs and it's him sort of getting sucked into the crime and the violence and. Ben Mendelsohn plays one of the creepiest fucking assholes you're ever going to see in a movie. Oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, like, yeah, the, like the the kind of guy that would have an extra uh, Twitter account called Darth Maximum Dickus. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> well, there definitely is some of him like eyeing his teenage nephew's girlfriend. Yikes. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, you also have uh, this, this uh, Australian actress, Jackie Weaver, who I think got a Oscar supporting actress nomination for it, who's the matriarch of this family. And her, like, weird, almost, but never quite incestuous relationship with her sons. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. it's fucking weird. Okay. I got to say, I'm glad you didn't just say you should watch Animal Kingdom. I'm glad you gave me a little bit of breakdown because based on the name alone, I would have thought... thought going to be animals? I would have been like, oh, it's Mendo at a zoo or some shit. And he's just like <laughs> hanging out petting tigers Disneyland and shit. Theme park. How have I not fucking seen this yet? It's like Mendo with tigers. Oh, that's that's what I had in my mind when you said the title at first. Yeah, and this was, this is, actually, I think right now is still, uh, they, it was adapted, maybe like TBS or some station like that is doing it as a TV show, but like Americanized. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, Animal Kingdom. I'll check it out. It, uh, it sounds like a movie that Jesse's going to dig, and it's going to sound like one where I'm like, that shit was dark, y'all. What a bummer. <laughs> it's it's a bummer all the way through. Oh, okay. Yeah. You probably like Place Beyond the Pines, I think. Kind of a bummer. Uh, see, I haven't seen that either. 
That's Ryan Gosling. It's really good. Really? Yeah, that's good. That's right. got a dog in it. Oh, good. Is that do things that's work? Where the the gif of of Gosling and Mendo dancing with the dog is from. Oh, that's what that's from. I'm so movie deprived. Like Emily's uh, having to be like, "Oh, Brittany, have you seen this movie?" And I'm I'm like the the Corey of like <laughs> like I am so movie deprived. So I still our, haven't seen Ready Player One. I know he's in that. Yeah, he was good. A, a good Mendo. I hate when they do the whole "Let's have Mendo have the American accent" thing because you oh, just want natural Mendo. You want the natural Australian meat loving or meat pie loving Mendo. There you go. Be real, true to himself. Yeah. I um. What's the other one that's coming out? Captain Marvel. He's going to be in that, I think. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, oh, he's going to Mar- be like the main bad guy, and he's in the new Robin, Robin Hood, Hood, which looks like shit. Oh my god, we saw the trailer. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. We saw the trailer for that before Solo when we all went, <laughs> and I leaned over to to Will, and I was like, "Fucking skip it, no thank you." <laughs> I, like, it I looks didn't realize fucking so bad. They invented the leather jacket, you know, the tight, le- skin tight leather jacket suit back in the. Robin Hood days. <laughs> yeah, but he looks good. He looks good in that weird ass weather suit. You know, that's the thing. If they had made that movie Dungeons and Dragons, the Thief Archer, whatever, it would have been fine. But the fact that you're telling me that's Robin Hood, I'm having a hard time. <laughs> like the more, the more fantastical elements I can accept when it's something else. And well, I mean, like, just. Yeah. Like, just how the other Robin Hood with Kevin Costner was more realistic. Kevin Costner was the least realistic thing about it. Mr. <laughs> American accent in Robin Hood, England. And everybody has, like, a $300 haircut. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, and looks like they're freshly bathed. You know, people didn't bathe. Yeah. Robin Hood was a stinky motherfucker living right. out in the woods robbing folks, like, shitting and in the sh- forest and shit. That dude did not smell good. Shooting arrows like he's Neo in the Matrix. Like, That's fucking crazy. Yeah, man. I think I think Disney's Fox Robin Hood was more realistic. That's what I'm thinking about right now. I'm thinking of uh, the old oh, Fox dude. I love that Robin Hood so much. I've never seen that Disney movie. Oh my god, it's my favorite Disney movie. It's a good one. Yeah, it Check really that is. One out. That's where the uh, the hamster dance song comes from. Is it? Mm-hmm. I'll be damned. I have not thought of the hamster dance since shit. GeoCities was a thing, I guess. <clears throat> um, so we were talking about tigers. I have an essential tiger update for the podcast, <gasps> right? Oh, yes. Okay. Well, I'm going to text you a picture while I give this tiger update. So. Texting me the picture of your death? Is that what it's no. about to text it to me? There's a place a buddy of mine named James clued me into. And with the right amount of um, timing and scheduling, I may be able to hit this place on the way to celebration because I think we're going to drive. Mm-hmm. Might take a little rerouting. It might take us a little longer to get there the day we leave. But there's a wildlife preserve where you can pay to have a quote-unquote exotic animal experience. Oh, wow. And a friend of his went, and I texted you the picture, and in this picture, she is holding a tiger cub the size of my dog, Dharma. Oh, yeah. my God. It's just sitting in her lap. And it is the cutest-looking tiger cub. He looks all stoked, 
looks super healthy. And this place is like an animal uh, rehabilita rehabilitation and preserve. Rehabilitation. So like no they, they, yeah. And so the, Jesse was talking about it and she was like, well, you know, they don't always have tiger cubs, right? Like maybe you go in and your exotic animal experience is like a giant snake or something. <laughs> so we got to check and see how this works. Cause like I ain't going there to hold a big snake, right? Right. I'm going there to pet a tiger, but plans are in motion and maybe Maybe by this time next year, I will have finally held and pet a tiger. Oh, my goodness. I'm freaking out. Oh, my God. Yeah, my my <clears throat> sister and her husband went to, I think, I don't remember, it was Costa Rica or Belize or somewhere uh, a couple years ago as their family vacation, and they went to one of those places. And so there's, like, pictures of, like, my two-year-old niece, like, <laughs> looking at a little tiger cub, and I'm like, I've never been so jealous of a toddler before. Oh my goodness. And then what about Araj going to the, the elephant sanctuary? Oh, oh I don't my even want to talk about it. All these people having these amazing animal experiences. I'm just like, when's my time? When's I my time? I want to make an elephant friend. Right? I a penguin oh, friend. All right, Will, what do you feel about petting an elephant? Does that freak you out as bad as a tiger? No, I could pet an elephant. Okay. What about swimming in a... Uh, I'm a, not freaked out by petting a tiger. You just I think just, I'm going to die. I think that's how you're going to die. <laughs> He'll be okay. I've had, a, I've had a premonition. I don't I like this. Where you yeah. end up uh, tiger snacks. I mean, the worst case scenario is that just a little guy just like nibbles at him or something. Like, Waz will be fine. It's just, it's a little tiger. I mean, it's a, it'll probably be somewhere around like six months old to, I don't know, I don't know how big those tigers are when they're like six months to a year old, but I they mean, can't be that big. What? I mean, what, you're probably very right. What body part are you willing to sacrifice to get to hang out with a tiger? Y'all, I'm got, thinking I got the tiger a... surgically removes his face. You know, that's my <laughs> worst case scenario. No, 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 no. So a tiger rips your face off. No. He just slaps it right off. I'm telling you right now, that tiger gets squirrely. I got a leg that's damn near useless. Go on, buddy. Fucking take it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Get the ambulance on the way now, but like, go ahead, dude. Like, I don't need it. I'll get a sweet ass robot leg and we'll talk later. <laughs> like, fuck it. <clears throat> no question asked. I got one Tell the ready. paramedics to bring a bone saw. <laughs> um, yeah. Would you swim in a cage with a, a great white, Will? Uh, no. Yeah, me neither. I know. See, there are certain things that I won't do just because I understand statistics. You know, part of a psychological education is statistics and statistical analysis. And the few the fewer times that I put myself into contact with a great white is one less time I run the risk of being eaten by a great white. See. I like, see, I would never do that either. I I, I don't want to swim in a cage with a like a tiny shark, like a microbiotic George Lucas shark. Fuck a shark. I don't really. I don't need to, I mm, do that. Mm, mm, mm. See, it's not it's not the sharks that scare me. Like I could, I think being in a cage. Oh, there's a great white shark. But like out in the ocean, there's all sorts of shit that we don't know about. Like every couple years, you get the oh, here's this thing that this prehistoric fish that we thought went extinct millions of years ago and it washed up dead on this beach like and obviously died no, a day ago and i'm like you know what no people aren't meant to go into the ocean right that's specific 
the day the megalodon shows up is the day I'm down in the cage. Like, oh no, it'll be okay. It'll be fine. Let me go drop <laughs> down. In yeah, like the way that I look at it too is I look at like the people organizing it, you know, because it's like something could be really sketchy. Like that's why, like whenever I do like animal encounters like that, like I do it through like uh, zoos and stuff. Like I've fed rhinos and shit. I've hung out that's with penguins. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun. Penguins are really cute, and they feel like. You got to pet a goddamn penguin? I bet it's slippery. <laughs> I have a I picture. It's... Here, I'll send it to you right now. Seems slippery. Oily. Oh, my God. Haas's reaction when I told him I got to hang out with some baby raccoons. Oh, Oh no. man. That sounds cool. Yo, the... uh, my, my cousin, she lives in Sacramento. And uh, she lives, like, on a, on a golf course. Uh, and she has a couple of cats. And she tells us that every night a family of raccoons comes to her back window and she leaves cat food out and they eat it and then there's like a little trail in the grass like where this raccoon family just they all huddle down to her house eat the cat food did you guys see the raccoon on the skyscraper this week oh my god yeah Yeah. i was so worried for that little guy like i was uh telling jesse constant updates oh he went up and then he's he's trying to go back down they gotta get that raccoon you know i knew you would be worried about that guy i knew that and then, all right, speaking of raccoons, my my brother-in-law, Goose, right? We went to yeah. see them last month around Mother's Day. And I'm hanging out on the back patio with Goose while he's manning the grill. And somehow the subject of raccoons comes up. And I'm like, I'm going to have a pet raccoon one day. I'm like, and I say that. And, and Goose, in all serious, goes, really? You want, you want you want a pet raccoon? I'm like, yes. And he goes, I can make that happen. And I'm like, ah, whatever, dude. Like, And he's like, no, for real, I can make that happen. You let me know when you want a pet raccoon, I'll get you a pet raccoon. He's like uh, Walter in The Big Lebowski. When The Big Lebowski's like, you want a fucking toe, I'll get you a toe. Have it here by 3 <laughs> o'clock. A little green nail paint on it. Um, I, feel like, I feel like pet cat and pet raccoon is probably not a good combination. Look, I bet if they were both babies, it would work fine. But I bet if they're introduced later than that, I bet it's I bet you're right. It's not good. Look, Jesse and I are damn near Dr. Doolittle's right now. Like there's no animals being added to the household yet. I'm thinking for the future and hopefully it is a a bird. No, birds. Dude, do you you know in your great grandma or your great aunt's place? And there's that bird. I think birds are cool. I don't know about a pet bird, but I enjoy birds at like the zoo and stuff. Sometimes I'll watch videos on YouTube of like funny shit birds do. But do you know, like, especially if we got like a fancy bird that can talk and shit, do you know what that bird would be saying? And sh- it'd be talking about eating the booty like groceries and yeah, it would be the- saying awful things. It would be you Woody Harrelson. Have- yeah, and it would be doing like the the uh, Johnny Grasso yo and shit and it'd be cursing at xbox oh man dude if your bird was johnny like only spoken johnny grasso like to you just <laughs> yo oh i sent the picture of the penguin by the way it's on uh, i sent it on twitter oh my god i'll, I'll look at it but i'm gonna be jealous yeah it was a cute little guy it had like that was the penguin that has like little like uh yellow hairs on the top of its head i forgot what those penguins are called then they brought in like a little baby penguin because someone's just walking around. They're like, oh, yeah, here's a baby penguin. And everyone's like, oh, my God. 
Some people have all the luck. Damn. I want goats. I do too. Like if if Jesse and I won the lottery, I would like we would buy a ranch and do the animal it would be an animal farm. Like we wouldn't farm animals. We wouldn't like get up and milk the goats every morning, but we would have the most incredible menagerie. I mean, why would you not milk the goats? You can get goat's milk and cheese. Goat's milk is delicious. Well, I'm yeah, not saying. Right? I'm, ju- I'm saying when I say it would be an animal farm, I don't mean we would go into like. You wouldn't go get the eggs from your it's own chickens, like Martha Stewart. I don't think I would want to have chickens. Like there, I'm not saying every animal. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't be building damn Noah's Ark at my house, but like goats. Oh, come the fuck have on! Yes, you would. Turtles. I think ducks tortoises, would be fun. Ducks. Ducks. Ducks would be. See, hold Dude, up. I don't now. know if I could handle the goat screams. Oh, I'd that's be the best reason to get them. And then they'd be like, What's going on? Who's dead? What are you? 911. What's going on? Goose and my sister have a crazy neighbor that has a huge <laughs> amount of animals. Have you seen this, Will, when you go over to I've visit? Like, yeah. sometimes you go over and there's rams in their backyard. And they've got a huge piece of property. And the goats, I get, or the animals just sort of, I guess, filter in and out goose says he's seen a camel there one time there's definitely what? a donkey i've seen dude oh yeah there's a camel market. in san diego someone just owns a camel it's crazy maybe they're exotic animal dealers maybe they are maybe i need to maybe that's who he's talking about with the if raccoon you want a llama or maybe raccoon that's where you go oh dude i'd be stoked if there was a llama there or an just alpaca had a llama in your backyard like, I just got a backyard. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I would have all that shit if we won the lottery. I would be like Mike Tyson, but much nicer to my animals. Never get cold. I wouldn't have like. A, off blue to myself. I wouldn't do any of. Like, I would never have a tiger in my backyard. I don't think that's. I couldn't cool. keep a bird, like, out of, out of sheer conscience. Any animal that. Really, any animal that needs to be in the wild, I couldn't. Right. I could only have a cat or a dog as a pet. I, I, I don't want to take an animal out of its, you know, habitat. I'd have like the reptile room with all kinds of cool lizards in it and stuff. Oh, and if you have oh, a whole room. Oh, the smell though. Oh, yeah. God, it's all. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Dude, all the right. reptile room at the zoo. No bueno. Oh, and it's always hot and sticky in there because they got to keep it Like a yeah. sauna. Dude, at the Birmingham Zoo, there is a real fucking mean snake that twice when Jesse and I have gone has struck the glass when I've gone by. He's got a fucking problem with me. <laughs> That's happened to me before, too, at the San Diego Zoo. No. Oh. <clears throat> All right. So, um, you guys want to do some emails and voice messages before we end it out tonight? Did we have yeah, something dude. else we were going to do? We were going to talk about hot toys, but that's okay. Oh, fuck it. No, hot I think toys. We talk about hot toys. We'll do the emails and the... Or the fuck, Mary kill, but no, I'm just kidding. Oh, that's good, too. All right, we're going to do both of those. And look, we got to do at least a couple of voicemails or something because we're getting a little backed up. Chris and I didn't do shit for voicemails and emails last week. Oh, shit. <laughs> so, Hot Toys, this is this is my jam because I got someone to talk to about it that also has the Hot Toys fever. And that's my buddy Emily Lind here. Damn straight. She's mm-hmm. had the Hot Toys fever longer than I have. Um. And today they announced two new hot toys. Um, they announced a Count Dooku from Attack of the Clones and a Attack of the Clones Yoda to go around, go along with the Count Dooku. And 
The accessories on the Count Dooku figure are bananas. It has like four little hologram things. Mm-hmm. It has a fucking hologram Death Star you can put in his hand. And it, they all light up. Like the, the So I think he's got a hologram of a battle droid, a hologram of the Emperor, a hologram of Jango Fett. And the Death Star hologram, which is like, you know, at the end of uh, Attack of the Clones, when he goes to get the plans from the Death Stars, from the, uh, from the Death Stars, uh, for, for the Death Star from the Geonosians, sorry, um, it's that. He's got um, Force Lightning that you could put on him. He's got the cool looking saber. The Christopher Lee likeness looks incredible. And I'm not even a huge Dooku guy. And seeing the pictures, I was like, I kind of want a Dooku figure now. I don't, I like, I don't even like, I don't even like that movie, but I'm like, I could have Christopher Lee next to my Peter Cushing because I have the Tarkin and I'm like, oh, that's tempting. Yeah. That Tarkin, another good looking figure. I missed out on some really good looking figures before I got into Hot Toys. That took, like, I have, I have some Hot Toys. That Tarkin is insane like it's like looking at a shrunken down peter cushing which is it's crazy to me because i always figured the way the hot toys work is you know when when you're cast in star wars they do like one of those full body scans of you and your costume so they have like the 3d data and then and then they give that to like hasbro and all those people to help with making licensed stuff and i just figured like the reason that hot toys look so good is they got that 3d data and they're just able to uh print higher you know make up higher quality versions but i don't think i think they're sculpted from what i understand i'm still new to this whole hot toys thing and the fact that someone was able to be like no let's shrink down peter cushing's head real tiny but it still looks exactly like him insane well, yeah, and it's like he's got, like, you can see, like, individual, like, wrinkles. Like, like he has his brow is furrowed. Yeah. And he's got the, the I like the hand that goes on the chin, the contemplative Oh, yeah, that's how, I, that's how I have mine posed. <sighs> and it came with a chair. What action figure comes with a goddamn chair? <laughs> mine would. Um. They're doing an emperor with the emperor's throne that looks pretty sick too. Um, so like, Peter Cushing's what? boots hurt so bad he would film those scenes in his bunny slippers. Oh man, I I need somebody to make me a little pair of slippers that I can stick on him. That'd be cool. Oh, that's perfect. Come on now, Hot Toys. That's how you go the extra mile. You include <laughs> Peter Cushing's comfy shoes because he didn't want to wear those imperial boots. Um, now, what's your current Hot Toys collection? Okay, so right now, as of right now, I have FN2187 Finn. I have uh, Ray and BB-8. I have Return of the Jedi Boba Fett, Droids Boba Fett, and Empire Strikes Back Yoda. That is my current collection, and I have Anakin on pre-order. Hmm. Good collection. Pretty stoked with it so far. 
and I've got the hot toys fever so bad that I have them like scheduled out and shit. I'm like, okay, so this one drops here and this one drops here. The good thing is, is I'm pretty much done, uh, for this year after, uh, a couple more, like I want to get the, um, last Jedi Ray. That one looks really cool. Mm, yeah. I'm, the last Jedi Ray is gorgeous. Yeah. And like, I'm that's, I think Ray is going to be the only other one besides Boba where I'm like, I want to get, every version of that character. Cause Ray is my favorite sequel trilogy character. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, uh, return of the Jedi Luke. That one is amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. They've, they've announced Poe, but they announced that a while ago. It's still not up for pre-order. Maybe they had some problems with the sculpt or something. Cause sometimes they announce stuff and it goes up for pre-order right away. Right. And sometimes they announce stuff and it seems to take forever. Or sometimes they announce stuff like some of the stuff that they were going to do for Rogue One that they even had prototypes for. And I get really excited because certain character that I really, really like is in there and then it never materializes and you never hear about it again. Oh, so I noticed that today. Emily sent me their like coming soon page, which I had never seen before. And I was noticing a lot of hot toys on there that were shown off in like 2016, 2017 that they've never put up for pre-order. And I I didn't realize they did a Mendo for that. That's crazy. Yeah, um, it, it was it was up there. It was it was shown at some point at like I forget which convention. But they had a prototype, and then it just never. I think there maybe there might have been one or other two rogue uh, rogue one characters with it, and I know I know sometimes it's they have problems like where they realize like oh materials cost more than they thought it would, or they have problems with this right. or that. I don't I don't know what happened there. Maybe it was they just like did analysis on the demand for it, and it wasn't there. But I'm I'm still really bitter about that yeah like i saw they had the tank trooper from rogue one up at they showed it off at a comic-con that's never shown up they had a base that they showed off that's never uh been sold but they did a turret from what i understand right they put out the I turret think so. yeah <clears throat> um and uh there was a couple of others but there were some weird like they have a gonk droid hot toys coming which is crazy um I know our buddy AK, uh, Aaron from OKC has got to be stoked about that one. He loves some damn gonk droid. Gonk. Um, yeah, man. The, uh, the world of hot toys. The other day, I went to see Solo again with my buddy Steve, who's been on the show a bunch. And he came over to the uh, house afterwards. And Steve is not like... He doesn't have the collector, um, the collector bug for really anything. Maybe video games, you could say, but... I was showing off my hot toys, and Steve was like, damn, dude, that's a serious toy. You and your toys. <coughs> um, <laughs> my sir, what a nice toy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Emily, have you gone outside the boundaries of Star Wars hot toys? Have you gotten anything not Star Wars related? Um, I have a Loki. Oh. Sweet. That I that I won from from through Sideshow and I have a Agent Colson. Wow, that's cool. And I, I ha- well actually the Deadpool I have isn't Hot Toys. I think they do one, but the one I have is Sideshow. 
That's cool. We when we were at Frankenson's, there was a vendor that had pretty much all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe hot toys set up in a display, like out of their box. Do you remember that, Will? Where they had all the different yeah. versions of yeah, Iron Man it. and stuff. It was you incredible. Talked to him for a minute, he was trying to convince you. Yeah. They do. They do so many Iron Man. It's yeah. insane. It was a Hulkbuster. It was an Iron Man Hulkbuster. Oh, that thing is huge. It was huge. It was shiny too. It was nice. Yeah, like, can you imagine me being like, "Yeah, I'm gonna buy that and and ship that, or try to take that on the plane." No, thank you, Mister Frankenstein's guy. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. I know you saw that glint in my eye, like, "Ooh, I want that," but not today, yeah, sir. But I originally got into it because I I was dating a, a guy, actually this comic book artist who I who I met when I was volunteering at a con. But he had he collected hot toys and 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 other figures too but he like his whole apartment like lined with boxes of hot he had like fucking everything it was insane wow Wow. yeah i i watch hot toy collectors on youtube sometimes and the collection that these people have they don't just focus on one property if hot toys puts it out they buy it and i'm like man that is some serious money. Because I know what I've spent on Hot Toys. Yeah. And then to times that by like 50, holy shit, they've spent some money on some Hot Toys. <laughs> They're really putting those sideshow points to, to use. All right. So uh, what else did we want to do? And then we'll do... We got a couple of email... Uh, got a couple of voicemails, so we'll definitely do those. And maybe an email too, depending on... Uh, what happens? So, well, we're that was it, right? Before emails, I keep I've had a long day. I keep hitting potholes. Brittany wanted to do fuck Mary Kill. That's right. I think that's I'm right. I think I'm mentally like blocking that. Like that's the <laughs> yeah. second time where I've been. It's like, it's okay. Like we we don't have to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I, I mean, I'm not gonna pick the subjects. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, Brittany, you're the one who wants to do it. You got to pick them. Hmm. No, I think Will should. No, no, <laughs> okay. I'm not good at this. So your choices are okay. Johnny Grosso. All right. Okay. Jason Ward. Okay. Okay. And I mean, I guess to round off the top three, the natural choice would be Steel Saunders. Oh, see, oh. you know what's funny about this is you're putting me in a similar similar situation that Steel Saunders was put in on an episode of Geek Dudes. Chris Fresh asked him. F. Mary Kill, Halls Burkhart, Jason Ward, or Julian James. <laughs> and y'all, Steel killed me. So, Did he? No! Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh. So, oh. I like. That, that makes that easy. I'm going to. No, I'm actually going to sit down and think about it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to sit down and think about it. Because you go ahead, Will. I'm going to think and I'm going to push that out of my brain and. See if it comes out differently. I'm going to try and get rid of any hurt feelings and bias. <clears throat> Go for it, Will. I'll bang Jason. I'll marry Steel, and I'll kill Johnny Grasso. Oh, my God. Johnny is going to be so sad. <laughs> oh, he loves you so much. He loves you so much. So, all right. The thing is about banging Johnny Grosso is I'm too self-conscious for that dude like John, <laughs> Johnny's not gonna see me naked we don't have that kind of bro friendship you know what I'm saying yeah uh, like 
Jason, he's just a normal dude like me. We, I think we just have a good old time talk about Star Wars before and after. Jason gets the bang. So that means I either have to marry Steel or marry Johnny, and the other one gets killed. Now, this is not because Steel killed me in the uh, mm-hmm. in the the. I swear. I'll give you the reason. I'm killing Steel for one reason only, and that reason is I would annoy the fuck out of Steel. Like (laughs) being in that close, he would hate me. He would fucking hate me after like two days of being married to me. He'd be like, "Jesus Christ, what did I see in this dude? He really doesn't shut up about Star Wars (laughs) or anything." And Johnny, I know Johnny can listen to me jibber jabber because not only do we record long ass Rogue Ones. Like, he calls me, and I'll talk to his ass for, like, two hours. Just call me up, and he'll be, I'll be like, what's up, buddy? And he'll be like, ah, oh, nothing. Fuck you this person. Johnny this person Grosso. rules. You'd what's that? You'd marry Johnny Grasso, is that yeah. what you said? Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So the I, two of you are what? meant for each other. What's that supposed to mean? You said that kind of with some contempt there, buddy. No, no. The two of you are perfectly meant for each other. It's a match made forever. I think I think also in the Johnny and Hall's marriage, the odd couple, we would annoy each other after a while. Johnny would be like, this dude's lazy. He just wants to play video games. Let's go play some softball. Let's go for a hike. And I'd be like, Johnny just, he don't. Johnny would be like, do you even lift, bro? Right, right. Always trying to get me to work out and shit. I'd be like, come on, dude. Get off my back. Somehow, somehow, so, but I think it would last longer than me and me and Steel would have like a Britney Spears forty-eight hour marriage in Vegas going on. Like after two days, he'd be going for the annulment and be like, "A oh, fuck, dude! I don't know what happened. I was drunk. He annoys the shit out of me." <clears throat> so that's that's my order, and I'm sticking to it. Emily, you go because I'm still unsure about my order. Oh God! <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't think about the fact that I'd actually have to answer this question. No. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. Yo, set Halls and Will up. <laughs> set Halls and Will up. Well, well, Halls has to talk about a romantic lovemaking session with fucking Jason Ward one night. Both of us. <laughs> well, yeah. Me how trying to make. I do it. Me oh, trying sorry. to well, make I eye contact. It's going to be romantic. It might just be dirty. Nah, dirty. man. I think it would be. It would be tender. <laughs> I think it'd be tender. Maybe I mean, like you said, yeah. he'd sit on the bed afterwards, maybe play a little guitar for me. And I'd be like, so that's what that's all about, huh? Right on. Now I know. I mean, <laughs> what's I, that? Oh, I sorry. Go sorry. ahead. No, to say, uh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't marry Johnny because much like Hawes thinks that Steel would kill him. I, I would murder Johnny Grasso. And I say that uh, loving him dearly. I I would kill him. Um, <laughs> so no, but I'm not choosing to kill him in this game. <laughs> I'm just saying if we were married, that's how it would end. Um, I I'm gonna say I'm gonna say fuck Johnny Grasso, but only if he grows back the Captain America hair. Oh dang, Steve Rogers. Yeah, I need I need I need the long hair back. I mean. Um, 
I guess, I mean, Steele and I have sort of a, a similar sense of humor. Um, and, and I think similar taste in some TV shows and stuff. I think we could be married. I guess I'm Kellen Jason. I don't feel good about it, but he's also <laughs> like, <laughs> I've, I've never met Jason. Jason is, Jason is the one of the three that I know the least. So I don't, I don't, I, I would feel very bad. See, I, see, in the perfect world, I think Mary and Jason, for me, would be... Because, like, he, Jason and I are pretty similar, similar in a lot of regards. Like, we just hang out, you know what I'm saying? Play a little Xbox, you know. I think that that would be the marriage that lasts the longest, but I'm petrified of fucking Johnny Grosso, man. Like, no way. <laughs> My self-confidence is like, uh-uh. You nah. would not fuck Johnny Grosso. Johnny Grosso would fuck you. Exactly. That's and how I, Dude, and look. Look. No, thank you. No, thank you. I ain't trying to get all up in Johnny's yo. Just feel so sweet when I'm held in your arms. Oh, also, if I marry Steel, then I get then I get partial Jerry. custody of Jerry. Ooh, oh, I didn't oh. think about that. Damn I it. left J- Jerry an orphan. What? No. Oh my God, I'm reconsidering everything now because of Jerry. Damn. Well. This is hard for me because I haven't... The only person here I haven't met is Johnny. And I already feel like I owe Johnny so much. Like, he's the reason why, it, like, mostly, like, why, like, my boyfriend and I are together. So, I... Fuck. You know, I, I think about this too much. Like, I think, like, how does this benefit me? What? You sit around and think about, about this exact... <laughs> no, I mean, like, the fuck Mary Kill, not Johnny Grosso. <laughs> no, I think of like the fuck Mary Kill of how would this benefit me in the future? Like in this weird microbiology I don't know future. But um Hmm. I kinda wanna just sister wife them all and have like three husbands. You know what I'm saying? Greedy. So greedy. Right, but wouldn't that just be a, a wonderful little existence? Mm-hmm. That would be. That'd be a fun little sister wives. Like, but then I guess yeah, I'm just they each, they each fulfill different needs. Yeah, and you get Jerry too, so you win by these powers combined. <laughs> okay, so um, I will marry Jason. Uh, fuck Steel and kill Johnny. Johnny, buddy. <sighs> I think that's three Johnny kills. No, no, mistaken. it's two Johnny kills. You would kill Johnny, you, and Johnny. Brittany would kill Johnny. Okay. And you know what, Will? I think Johnny likes you better than me. He's always like, I miss Will. I need to talk to Will. I want to meet Will. I want to hang out with Will. And I'm like, yeah, dude, Will's the shit. Like, I'm all about the Will hype. But I think Johnny Grosso might be changing his tune after tonight. Oh, no. I know, especially uh, he loves Emily, so. (laughs) Emily's his favorite. (laughs) You know know why I'd kill Johnny? I think he'd be the less butthurt. Like, Johnny... Johnny wouldn't be mad that I'd kill him. Oh, Johnny's going to be the most mad about you killing him. Oh, really? It's not even mad. Yeah. It's not mad. He will be He will be sad. And I'm going to give him your number, Will. He's going to text oh, me this weekend and be yeah. like... We're going to hear so much That's shit the this. only reason I said it, so I could get a call from Johnny. <laughs> I'm gonna I give just him, missed his sweet, sweet voice. He's going to be like, I can't believe Will killed me. I'm so Johnny sad. knows I love him. That's what you kill. You kill your buddy. 
So they're not oh, mad at you. So if this was a, a matter of a self-sacrifice, like if you were given options and I was in it, Will, I'd be like, just do it, buddy. Just kill me. <laughs> yeah. just, I, you know, I won't hold it personally. Right. Just make it quick. Shoot me out of a cannon in the space or something. So I go out like real cool. Like get a big cannon, like a, a old school Acme Looney Tunes cannon and shoot me in the space. Wow, and be like, he died, high but high. he's orbiting the earth right now, all like stiff and frozen. <clears throat> oh, you just, you mean like just shoot you out as a slug? Yeah. I thought you meant like Guardians no. of the Galaxy, like sparkly fire out into the universe. No, 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 no. I mean, literally turn me into a human projectile. Human in popsicle the space. bullet. Get Elon Musk on it, SpaceX that shit, and shoot my Dude, body I'll in the space. Why are you at that? car when it comes around the next time it comes oh, around wouldn't that be awesome if you just lined it up so i just went <laughs> boop right into the passenger just seat like into the passengers <laughs> like you just uh, i'll fire your feet first they would take that uh live camera off of that car real quick because you don't want to see a frozen corpse like thumbs up in the next in the passenger Dude, what seat if you, what if you like you had your corpse frozen with your arm around the dummy like, <laughs> the on the big reveal there's just you with your arm around him. And then years down the road, they're like, and it was because of that self-sacrifice that man colonized Mars. All right. You know, some of them work, some of them don't. All right. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right. Kia D. Crashbox Kitty Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his bud Kitty Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Kitty Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow First oh. up, <laughs> first up, we got our buddy King Tom, and uh, he's always a damn delight. So let's see what delights he has for us. Nostra Thomas. Hey, Oz and Will, it's King Tom. So I've seen Solo a bunch of times. Still love the movie. There's something though that it's it's in my head, and I want to see if I'm alone in feeling this way, or if other people have the same opinion, or if I'm, or if I'm just totally wrong. But anyway, when in the Sabak scene, when Han and Lando first meet, and I'm, I'm probably going to get this is a little bit wrong, just bear with me, but you know, Han sits down and goes, is this Sabak? And Lando corrects him and goes, it's Sabak. And then a beat later, um, Lando calls Han Han. And Han corrects him. Yet for the next however many decades, Lando keeps calling him Han. Here's my question. Is this, do you think this is all a joke be, with, you know, between Lando and Han, where Han walks in, mispronounced 
Sabak. So Lando is mispronouncing his name on purpose because of that. Is Lando mispronouncing his name on purpose all these decades because Lando's a dick? Or is Lando just clueless and getting it wrong? My guess is it's a little joke just between the two of them. But that's just me, and I think I think it's hilarious. It's something that I love about the characters, but I don't know if anyone else thought that way or if I'm just looking too much into it, which is probably true. I'm probably looking too much into it. Anyway, thanks for uh, listening to my question. And you know what? There's a lot of stuff going on in fandom, and you two and the rest of the Moister Farmers, the extended family, I just want to you know thank everyone for being there because you, you're all great, and, you know, it's... It's a, it is a great time to be a Star Wars fan. There's a lot going on, and one of those reasons is that we have each other. So thank you for that. Anyway, uh, keep up the great work, and I will talk to you guys later. All righty. Uh, what do you think, Brittany? I don't know. Like, I was I was thinking about that, like, why he goes from, he, why he calls him Han. Like, I almost think, like, maybe he just, that's how he associates Han is by hand. Because at first I'm like, maybe he just doesn't care. But, of course, he cares because he saves him, you know. Like, he saves him from, like, Jabba the Hutt and everything. So, I almost think that he goes back and forth because that's just how he associates, like, Han. It's just, okay, he's Han and Han. Like, I don't care. I'm going to call him both. But I still love him. Emily? I think in that Sabak scene, the first time he says it, it was actually just a mispronunciation. And then he just doesn't particularly like him at that point and wants to needle him. And so he continues to do it. And I don't, honestly, I don't see it as like a joke between them. I see it as Lando, like just kind of being a dick. In purposefully mispronouncing way. his name like I uh, in a delightful way I think it probably really annoys Han but he's gotten to the point where what are you going to do it's been like this for decades and so he just lets Lando have his little like small victory of being an ass right on Will uh, I, like it's kind of like what Brittany said like I'm I'm Will but I'm also William Right, you know, neither really phase me, so I just assume Han and Han. You know, he's. I'm sure he gets it a lot, and he's like, I don't really care. It's pretty damn close. I'm not like, excuse me, it's Han. You know, like <laughs> I'm not one of those guys that. Oh, just call me Will. Don't call me William. Like, yeah, uh, it's one. It of, doesn't matter to me. It's one of those care. things. I get it a lot. Having a unusual name, like my name is Halls. Some people call me Haas. Some people call me Haas. Some people Pass. call, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's some, and I'm never one of those people that's like, halls. It is halls. You know what I'm saying? I don't. Unless somebody uh, starts calling you halls. Like, oh, no. Halls. Okay. You've gotten that before. I was telling this story to Jesse the other day, right? This is directly related. Will and I used to have a friend here in Birmingham that we would hang out with sometimes. He uh, unfortunately passed away in a motorcycle accident, right? Yeah. One day, Will was at work, and I was going to go hang out with this guy, but we didn't have each other's numbers. So Will gave me his number, and I texted the guy, and I said, Hey, this is Will's roommate, Halls. My autocorrect, for some reason, changed it to <laughs> H- <laughs> H-A-W-E-D. Howard, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Howard. And 
<laughs> I I saw it and I was like, uh, he, whatever. He'll know. Like he's heard my name before. He'll know what that means. And he was like, cool. Here's the address. So I went over. And then for the next like year or two that Will and I knew him, he referred to me as Howard. He like, did. And he really thought that was <laughs> my did. name. And he would call me and I'd answer and I'd be like, oh, what's up, buddy? And he'd be like, what's up, Howard? And because I'm so anxious, I never corrected him. I was never like, oh, actually, it's Halls. This just one dude in Birmingham for a couple of years called me Howard. And I went along with it. I I went to college with this guy and his name. Well, he, 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 it was Charles, but he went by Chaz. But his last name was Georgievich. And so in, in, in one of his classes... One of his professors, I think, you know, it was just, it was some, like, older science teacher. But one day, I guess, got confused and started calling him George. And Chaz is one of the sweetest, but, like, really, like, super non-confrontational. To the point where he just got this professor for the rest of the semester think that his name was George. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh no! <clears throat> All right, let's do. I got a voicemail from our buddy Jonathan. Where did it go? There it is. Let's see what Jonathan has to say. Hey, Haas and Will. I'd like to talk about Jedi style for a second. So I saw this clickbait article about oh there's this huge plot hole in you know the original trilogy and basically star wars in general about the jedi robes that if you look and they showed all these pictures of owen lars and obi-wan basically wearing the same you know cloak and robes and everything and that he was disguised as a jedi all along you know this is silly and i and you know thinking of back to when i was a kid you know, we had Obi-Wan there as a Jedi, but I thought the robe and the cloak and everything was because he was on Tatooine and it was hot as hell and you needed to keep the sun off of him. And so he was kind of, you know, um, those were more functional robes and everything to keep that burning sun off of him. And um, when the prequels came out, you know, they all had those robes on and it, it did kind of strike me as, as strange because when you look at Luke's outfit, in Return of the Jedi. It's very form-fitting. It's very militaristic. It's the black with the tall boots, the flap that kind of folds over in the front on his jacket. Um, I remember there was a video that came out with... Uh, it, it was a making of the Return of the Jedi, and they had Luke's... Um, costume fitting with George sitting there and he said, and they had the black outfit and he's like, well now you look like a Jedi uh, so I thought the Jedi were more like, you know, keepers of the peace um, almost like the space police force um, that were back in the old days um, and I thought they would have all had this uniform look this very, you know slick military style and they would have the belt and then they would have the lightsaber, of course. Um, I thought the cloak that he wore at Jabba's Palace was just, 
you know, functional because he was once again on Tatooine in the hot sun. So I'm just wondering what you guys think, you know, when we saw the prequels come out and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and everybody, Mace Windu, everybody had those robes on. Like, what what did you think of that? Um, I mean, they look very samurai-esque, but I just wondered if that was quite a departure from what you thought we were going to get in the prequels. All right, guys, keep up the great work, and may the Force be with you. All right, Emily, why don't you start this one off? You know, honestly, it's it's not something I ever really thought about. Um, I guess when I was sitting down and, and watching those prequels for the first time, it just seemed, oh, yeah, they're in Jedi robes. Or it didn't it didn't jump out of me. Maybe it's because we see we're we're again like so much of that is on this like desert environment that it, it sort of seems like the natural like thing to wear. So I, I I guess I don't know those details are just something that don't that don't jump out of me until somebody else says something. I'm like oh yeah I guess that is a question, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's it's definitely not something that like I was like, why do they look like that? It it was something that I never even thought about until it was pointed out, and it's been pointed out. I know what he's talking about when that article came out, but it was something that I feel like I had heard mentioned before. So it wasn't that you know incident a week or two ago, or incident that article a week or two ago wasn't the first time I had even heard that complaint or that issue brought up. I don't know that's really a complaint. Um, when I was a kid, I was convinced that in the prequels, we were going to see the Clone Wars and all the Jedi were going to be like decked out in suits of armor. Like I was like, it's going full medieval, y'all. They're going to be in like space armor and shit, which you can kind of get a little hint of in the Clone Wars cartoon series, actually. <clears throat> what do you think, Brittany? I don't know. Like, I almost think that what Obi Wan was wearing in, um, in the original Star Wars, like, wasn't like a considered a Jedi robe. Like, I think it was really just him, like, disguising himself. Like, maybe like the, the hooded cloak. Like, maybe, but everything else, I don't know. Because I almost think like living on Tatooine, like, you have to, you know, like keep yourself overdressed because of the weather. But I don't know. I really don't think that it's That's a lot a of layers. Theory. A lot of layers for somewhere so hot, it seems. You got some pants. Not if you're not wearing underwear. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, you're dealing with like windstorms and stuff, and there's all that sand. You have to cover whipping yourself. around. Like, yeah, you got to be all the way covered, or else you're going to get like serious skin cancer. Good point. What do you think, Will? I think, honestly, I think. When a new hope came out, that was just Jedi. That was just his robes. Yeah, right. The whole yeah. concept of it being Jedi robes, I think, kind of evolved. Either, you know, maybe in Empire Strikes Back, or even at the prequel time, I didn't expect Jedi to be in robes when I saw the prequels. For some reason, when I saw the prequels, I thought they would be. I just thought they were Jedi knights, you know. So, like the knights made me think. Not necessarily armor, but more of like a military uniform, like a right. police uniform or whatever. Just not like a uniform. Uh, but I was glad to see the robes. And I I don't necessarily think that Obi-Wan... I, I, two points. And I don't necessarily think Obi-Wan thinks that he would have to change. Number one, 
who the hell would know what a Jedi robe looked like out on the far remote planet of Tatooine? That's and number two, he could very quickly dispatch of any problem, you know, Jedi mind trick or, or you know, dispatch any villain that would have trouble bringing him to light. You know, he can handle himself. He's so badass, he doesn't have to worry about disguising him. It doesn't matter what I'm wearing. I'm that badass. Uh, yeah. I like that. And the other part of it, I think, is that robes and cloaks are so ubiquitous amongst the the super diverse galaxy. Like, it wouldn't matter. Like, you know, everybody, okay, you're on a desert planet, everybody wears robes. Okay, you're on an ice planet, everybody's wearing a parka. Like, I just think it's like, you know, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's it's only, I don't think anybody would consider what old Obi-Wan was wearing a uniform. They just they're just some robes. Yeah. And I, I honestly like the Jedi robes in the prequels. I like all the diversity. I like the updatedness of it. Like I, I like I like that it the robes itself became the Jedi uniform. I really like that. Yeah, but it's interesting that like not all the Jedi wear the robes either when you think about no, it. No, they don't. Yeah. Like, some of them do the old Luke thing and they have like Like Kia D doesn't suit. wear robes. No, <laughs> he doesn't. He's got like a fancy outfit on. He's yeah, a fancy that's boy. Like, that like brings up the question: like, wh- how do you know what a Jedi is? Because we'll talk about you know, especially being on a remote planet. Like, how does a Jedi actually dress? Or like, what is the Jedi dress code? It's like technically, like we don't know because so many different Jedi like dress differently. Like Kiati Mundi or doesn't have what everyone else does like so does other jedi like you have ahsoka she doesn't dress like how you think a jedi would you know you have kanan but i don't know it's interesting like what's the point of a new hope nobody's seen a jedi in 20 years so no no nobody would know what they even dressed like is there like a jedi is there a jedi taylor Oh, there's got to be one on the in the temple somewhere where you go and get all measured up and stuff, and they're like, hmm. It's the it's the same woman that's the librarian. That's Too why matchy. I don't have time to help you find the books. <laughs> Too matchy Tom, matchy. Uh, King Tom's favorite. Oh, he gets Tom salty King. about that lady. He's like, she's rude. And I'm like, mm, you know, what if you had to work in the Jedi King. library? Everybody else out adventuring, swinging lightsabers. You're organizing books. <clears throat> All right, so we got, uh, let's do one email before we call it a night. And uh, guys, I know we've been falling behind a little bit, but we'll get to you. We've just been having fun chatting. This one is from our buddy Willis. Ahoy hoy! <laughs> I didn't mind D- Maul's death in Rebels because I didn't think they'd use him in another movie. After watching Solo, I couldn't help but wonder why Dave Filoni was allowed to kill him off a year before his triumphant return. And then it hit me. Clones. We all know Maul has trust issues, so who better to help him run his criminal empire than, well, himself? It would also explain why he's, the, why he's on his own in Rebels and not flanked by the many criminals he employs. Just imagine if Obi-Wan movie began with him killing that clone and ended with him taking down Crimson Dawn. I'm just going to end this email now as I already start to see the plot holes in the theory. <laughs> May the Force be with you, Willis. Willis, buddy, I think... Uh, I don't. Th- I don't think you want Star Wars to get into the weird every like cloning thing too heavily. Like with the clone troopers, that's cool. You clone an army, that's a neat idea. But you start cloning all kinds of main characters and stuff, and that's just gonna get silly real quick. Yeah, I think it's time to leave the cloning in the Clone Wars. Like I think that's that's where cloning stays for Star Wars. I just 
I don't want to see it again. I, I have wanna... a, I have a theory, and to me, it's maybe one of my strongest Star Wars theories I've ever come up with. Right. Ooh. And my theory is that it's been established that Ron Howard and the gang came up with using Maul pretty late in the game. It wasn't set in stone. Like, that wasn't decided when Ron Howard came on to the movie, even. In it was going to be a surprise yeah, villain. In Star the, Wars villain. Yeah, in the script, it just said, you know, boss character or whatever. So, I think... Had they planned originally years and years, well, you know, a couple, two, three years ago when they started working on this project, if they had planned to use Maul in that role from that point forward, Rebels is not given that opportunity. Like maybe Maul could have appeared, but I guarantee you they wouldn't have killed him off in Rebels. If back that far back they had the idea to bring him back into the live action movie of it all, I don't think they give Rebels that opportunity. Um, you know, I think they probably would have waited to kill him off in a in a Obi Wan movie. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. I think they would have been like, "Oh, we're bringing Maul back in the live action." Yeah, that's where like we're going to keep him in live action. Then we're not going to have him bring him back in live action and then have him killed in uh, in an animated series. And uh, I'm definitely one of those people that doesn't you know, have a problem with the death of Darth Maul and Rebels, but it's, it is interesting to see them, you know, <laughs> kill off a character, bring him back, kill him off, bring him back. You know what I'm saying? I, I realize that Solo takes place before his death in Rebels, but it's interesting to me, and I, I think that might be a theory I'm pretty right on about. Obviously, we'll never know, but um, what do you guys think about the whole clone idea, Emily and Brittany? Well, it's I love you, but I would be perfectly. I don't the mall thing. I just I don't know. I'm I'm so frustrated with the whole thing about it, just because I I feel like it was a surprise for the sake of being a surprise, and when you sort of learned that it was just written as boss character, I I, f- I feel that even stronger. But no, they can't. No, no clones. Yeah. What do you think? No, like no individual oh. clones. Right. Sorry. Yeah. The clone idea it reminds me of the Force at least too, when they mm-hmm. like clone freaking Galen. But uh, I don't know. Like I don't know exactly what they're gonna do with Maul. I'm okay with it too. Like I went into Solo wanting to be surprised, and yeah, I was surprised. And I saw how bringing Maul into this game, like how possibly he could be used in the future, because we get him on. I think I believe he's on Malachor uh, at the end of the season two Rebels finale, and it'd be interesting to see like how he got from uh, Siege of Mandalore to now. Right. Yeah, I mean, clearly things don't work out for him. Because when you see him in Rebels, yeah. he is not the leader of some big, bad criminal organization. Um, but, I don't know, man. It is... <clears throat> I was definitely shocked. I was definitely surprised. And I've said several times on the show, my favorite thing about the Maul appearance is that it starts to incorporate elements in live-action movies that sort of tie the animated universe. You know, the sort of expanded like things that are outside of live action stuff it starts to tie it all together um you know 
could they have picked a different character and it had been just as effective? Probably, you know. I don't know that you could have put one that would have been as big of a shock as Darth Maul. And, like, I don't necessarily want Star Wars to be, like, shock value all the time. It's okay some of the time. So I'm not against them all. I like Darth Maul, so it was cool to see him. I love that they did the robot legs and, you know, his design was so right on with what he looked like in Rebels. But I wouldn't want them to just start doing that all the time because... At, at a certain point, like, it becomes a little too M. Night Shyamalan-y for me. And, you know, like, I ain't looking for the Star Wars Village or whatever that one about the killer trees was. Yeah, I don't need a big reveal in every movie. No. no. Yeah, I, I don't need it. It's not necessary. <laughs> well, guys, uh, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thank you so much for coming on, guys. Yeah, thank you all for being on. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for fun. having us. Guys, you really have to check out Canto Bite Dispatch. It's a lot of fun. Um, you, you know, not much different than what you heard this week, except without me and Will, so that's a plus. <laughs> we were we were muddying up those waters. Yeah. Uh, also, Emily has a variety of wonderful podcasts you can check out as well. There's How's Annie, which is about Twin Peaks. And uh, how's that coming? Um, we are we're getting ready to to relaunch it. We're going to go back to the beginning of Twin Peaks and go through not only every episode of the show, but all the tie in um, like there's there's books and audiobooks and and some of the like the, the documentaries and the movie. So we're going to do everything and that should be back sometime next month. Nice. And that's with our buddy Charlie, correct? Yes. Charlie Ashby. There's also He's Dead Jim, which is a Star Trek podcast. Yeah, I do that with Mick McConnell, and we are going through every episode of the original series uh, in, in the order that they aired. Nice. Oh, that's awesome. And then, okay, so after that, I have a question. So, okay. how many episodes are in the original series? Like a hundred and something? A hundred and some, yeah. Like a hundred and nine, maybe? I don't know why that's sticking out in my head. Anyway, so, you know, that's what uh, you guys, uh, you know, you get done with that. Where where does it go next? Do you guys then move into the movies with the original cast? Or then do you guys move into Next Generation? Um, We're going to we're going to do the movies. We actually might do the movies a little bit earlier just to sort of break things up a little bit. Like maybe when we get to the end of season one, we might do a movie or two. Cool. And then if you know if we keep going it's it's going to you know eventually it'll be next generation and then of course there is your x-men themed x-men themed i'm not pulling up my notes x-men themed but you guys mainly cover the show legion right and it's you uh jared and rashad correct am i missing anybody on that one no that's it and that is the pod of future cast oh well done touchdown so yeah, check out all those shows, guys. There's a little something for everybody. You like a little X Men? You like a little like a little Star Trek? You like a little Twin Peaks? Uh, they got you covered. Star Wars, Canto by Dispatch, make it happen. If you like our theme song, please check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music. They are Stoned Cobra, and you can find them on iTunes, Spotify, and at StoneCobra.BandCamp.com. And uh, until next week, when we're gonna have our buddy Evan on. This has been uh, Blue Harvest, and I'm your host, Halls Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Witten. I'm Lou Gund.
I'm Brittany Brown. Uh, May the force be with you. May the force be with all of you. May the force be with us.